This is John Byrne, the lead pastor here at Grace Fellowship, and this is the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, recorded deep in the depths of the Grace Fellowship basement here in Lakewood, Colorado. We dive a little deeper into Sunday's sermon. I'm Johnny McCloskey, and I'll be your host on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Deep Dive Podcast. We're glad you're here uh, this morning or this afternoon, whenever you're listening to this uh, the streaming bag. I guess we're, we're live streaming. Is we that are, correct, we are live streaming. It's going up live, but also... Uh, you know, just in case something goes wrong, we're going to record it (laughs) (laughs) because John, because we are human, we are, we are flawed, but you can watch it later. You know, we're, we know we're during the day and not everybody can just jump on live and stuff like that, but, uh, works for us. Exactly. Well, cool. Hey, um, I wanted to kind of throw out there real quick that the title we're doing a new uh, sermon series, Yeah. which a clever, clever uh, title, John. Is it? Yeah. I wish I came up with it. Oh, it's a great title. I didn't. So Christmas isn't canceled. That's right. In Christmas the midst of all this cancellation, that's right. Um, it's not right canceled. after Thanksgiving was basically canceled. But John, do you know what else wasn't canceled? What's that? Twenty some odd new Hallmark Channel <laughs> movie originals. Oh my gosh, John, we thought that this was going to be the hardest year ever. It is because now we're stuck watching Hallmark. <laughs> but in reality, John, we still got twenty or so, even maybe even more brand new, just for us. Are they brand new? They're brand, well, they're they're recorded this year. You're they're, the Hallmark. They're expert. new. Yeah, they're new. They're new. It's a new drop. It's it's you awesome. Should, There's new movies. They were filming. I guess they were quarantining. Hallmark had their act together. Hallmark they did a good job. Yeah, let me just real quick. I know that you you kind of tease me for my Hallmark love. You deserve every second of it and right. more. You're probably right. But let me just tell you my origin story of why of when I fell in love with the Hallmark movie. I don't. And it all has I, to do hey, with. Hey, just I'm so sorry. That you have to endure this. If you want to just fast forward, if you're if you're not live for you, this is not live for you. Just fast forward, like you know, a few. It's live. I have a captive audience. (laughs) They have to watch. Listen, John. If if there's any question on how if it's cool to watch Hallmark Channel movies, I'll tell you. I'll put it to rest right now, because about eight eight years ago, I was watching them. And Henry Winkler, the Fonz. I don't even know who Henry Winkler is. The Fonz from Happy Days. Oh, oh, Fonz. Okay, yeah. Probably the coolest guy ever. The guy who jumped the shark. Sure, he did. Yes. And now he did a Hallmark movie (laughs) about 10 years ago. And it was amazing. It was a great movie. I loved it. So you're saying because he was cool in Happy Days. It's worth it. It makes sense. Hallmark is now cool. You have the coolest guy on television making a movie on the Hallmark channel. It's got to be cool, right? So when was Happy Days? Like the 1950s or 60s? I rest my case, John. Hallmark channels are th- so. If you want to be cool in the 1950s or 60s, <laughs> watch Hallmark movies. Watch Hallmark movies. Yeah. So, anyways, actually, he wasn't super cool on it, but you know, he was all right. But anyways, yeah, so that's kind of my love. Yes, that's my love for Hallmark, and it, and it just grew. And plus, you know, Sad. you know, the the wives love it when we watch Hallmark with them. So, you want a happy wife? You watch a few Hallmark movies. Oh, uh, trust it. me, I know more of the plot stories than I care to admit, <laughs> and wish I knew none of them. Honestly, John, if you watch three of them, you know all of the plot stories. Yeah, I, I, do you need three? Yeah, yeah, you probably don't even need. Three. <laughs> anyway, so we're we're jumping ahead. We're jumping out of the Hallmark uh, uh, bliss, and we're jumping into the new new sermon series. Christmas isn't canceled. Yeah, the title was the Divine Made Known. Yes. Um. So so Christ is going to, you know, God is going to become you know manifest Himself as as a human. Uh, in the Christmas story. Yeah. Let me ask you, so Jesus humbled himself, became a man. Um, why is it so important that we emulate that humility? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, the whole Philippians 2 passage is about that, right? It's about the humility of Christ. It's about um, being humble. It's about 
it's about following Christ's example, but it is about more than that. It's not just an example. This is where I think a lot of people will get um, a little bit, I don't know what I want to say, sidetracked in some sense. Um, and they, and they look at that and, oh yeah, that's, that's a, uh, that's an example, right? So Christ Jesus is being an example of how we're supposed to live. And that's certainly true. There's a lot of truth to that. Uh, and we don't want to discount that. That's what Paul is doing, but the theology that undergirds it is really important. And so to understand the significance if Jesus did not take on human flesh, um, then there is no, there's no real service. There is no real humility. Um, if it's just a facade or, um, if it's just a, uh, you know, some, a a show for us. And if if all it is, is an example, it's, it's not sufficient. Uh, It's gotta be a reality. And I think that's for us, it's important too, right? Like, so we can do, um, we can, we can do some really amazing things. Uh, as a matter of fact, we did just yesterday was, uh, giving Tuesday, which is amazing. Um, and the challenge was, you know, come up with $5,000 or or have the grace family give $5,000. And then we had some families that were going to match that all in total. We're, we're going to end up including the matches and everything. We're going to end up probably around $17,000, right? Well, that's amazing. We can do that kind of stuff and we should celebrate it. That is amazing. I'm so glad grace is generous and, uh, what a generous family we have as far as, um, those kinds of things, but true humility goes beyond writing a check, right? And, and as, as important as that is, and it is important, um, you know, if we're going to emulate Christ, Christ, there needs to be a sacrifice of some kind, a real sacrifice, not just a, a show. And I think that's what, what's important because that when you begin to really sacrifice, then you're getting to the heart of the issue. Mm-hmm. You know, that requires the heart, not just the outward action. Uh, um, and so that humility and following that uh, becomes extremely important for our own salvation as we work, our, work, our, work out our salvation. Um, as we become more sanctified and all of that kind of thing, um, but also, but also just just that reality that there's an actual sacrifice in doing something. And that's what Jesus did. That's what if you go on past the verses that we went on and went to in Philippians two, it talks about him, you know, humbling himself even even to death and death on a cross, and and that's huge. So there's, there was real sacrifice, and so we serve a savior who knows real sacrifice. It's not just a facade. It's not just a show. It's real sacrifice, and and he knows, and he's experienced it, and I think that's huge. It's huge for us. Well, I think you know you kind of shed some some light just now. I think sometimes as Christians, we we understand, you know, where we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, we know, understand the expectations, you right? Know, perfection and holiness, right, right. And I think a lot of times we do we put on a little bit of a facade, a little bit of a mask, like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, oh, I'm doing great. Yeah, things are good. I'm holy. I'm yeah. I'm happy. You know, I'm, I'm full of joy, even in the midst of this hard situation. God's still, you know, and the reality is, is sometimes we do ourselves a disservice in saying, hey, I'm, I'm really struggling here, um, I, and I need some help, you know. And, and yeah. you know, I think it's, it's, it's okay to be humble and say, you know, I do need some help. I yeah. do, well, and honestly, just on that note, just a little bit of a tangent here, but on that note, man, you know, you come to Grace Fellowship and you come to our church or whatever, and, and you're here, or even online if you're streaming and that kind of stuff, and you want prayer, man, th- what a great way if somebody asks you how you're doing, to say, you know what, I could really use some prayer. Would you pray for me? And just asking somebody else to pray for you, even in person, I know that might seem intimidating, but I think that's amazing. And I've had the opportunity, you know, on occasion, and people are probably more willing to ask me for prayer than they may be and other people, you know, just that um, that aren't the pastor or whatever. Um, but what a blessing it is to pray for people 
even right there on Sunday morning, even if it's on in private messaging on Facebook or something, if you're streaming, um, man, yeah, that, that humility and being able to say, no, you know what? I'm not, I'm not the greatest. I, I need some prayer. Well, in reality, this, the COVID thing, you know, all, all, oh, man. all the seriousness is, it's, it's a challenge. It's rough. I mean, it's rough too. I think a lot of, even within the church, we do put the, the smile on our face. Hey, we're good. I'm, I'm happy. I'm good. Right. And, and the reality is, is uh, it's not as people are struggling and we people don't always know, you know, who, who it is. So yep. if you are, please do, you know, reach yeah. out and, and don't feel too proud to do that. Yep. But why do we struggle with being humble, John? Oh, well, I mean, I mean, you're the most humble guy I know, so you don't struggle at all. And, and I'm the, definitely the most humble. Well, even though that, I shouldn't now be. that you mentioned it, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty humble, man. I mean, that's right. No. <laughs> uh, man, we could all use a little more humility in our life. That's for sure. Um, man, I, why is it so hard? I don't, I don't know that I have a great answer to, to be honest, but you go all the way back to the garden of Eden and that was humility. Pride was part of that, right? Pride fit into that original sin picture, but what was it about Adam and Eve? Why did they struggle with it? You know, the desire to be in control of their own destiny, maybe. Um, I'm, I'm not exactly sure I can put my finger on it. Uh, you know why it's so hard. I know it is hard. Um, I know we love to accuse other people of um, being prideful and, and and those kinds of things, and so we we tend to um, how do, how do you put it? We tend to uh, you know we, we we tend to we tend to accuse other people of being prideful or arrogant, and when we ourselves are prideful and arrogant, we do, mm-hmm. we do it in different ways, right? Like like they're a, they're arrogant in a different way than I am, so then I can accuse makes them. Makes you feel and, better about yourself. Yeah, yeah. I I just uh, man, I don't. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if I have a really great answer for why it's so hard, but it is hard. And even the most humble people I know, um, I think if you're if you have honest conversations with them, they'll tell you that they struggle with pride. Mm-hmm. Um, some more than others, for sure. It's not necessarily equal across the board, but but it, it's it's a challenge. I, I don't I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I, feel, I definitely feel a tension between having um, being created to be dependent upon God. Yeah, and yeah, at the same time, almost like Him saying, "I want you to also be independent too." And I think it's like, you know, I want you to go out and do things. I want you to, to do great things in my name. And I want yeah. you to take this talent and make it grow. And, right. and I think I, I kind of see that sometimes that temptation in, in work life or even church mm. life or even, um, you know, evangelism. You'll see that a lot where I'm doing great things and mm. I'm so excited that I'm that, that I'm, you know, either, you know, that we're growing a church or that we're, or we're growing our life group or that we're you know, impacting our, our team at work or whatever it is, or I'm, I saw 10 people come to Christ this year, you know, and it's like, you get so excited about that. And sometimes it is easy to kind of, yeah. um, feel good about your, yourself in those situations, yeah, but for forgetting sure. that without that, without any good, you know, any good that we do is, is all Christ. It's all the Holy spirit. I do think when it comes down to it, when we understand the gospel, when we understand what the true story of Christ sacrifice is, I mean, if of all people, you know, I mean, and the text says it, right? Who, you know, who did not consider himself uh, or consider equality with God something to be grasped, something to hang on to. Of all people that should be, have every right to be prideful and arrogant, so to speak, um, although those are tend to be negative terms, but have every right to think highly of themselves, we'll put it that way. It, Jesus had that right. The eternal divine son of God had that right to think highly of himself. Mm-hmm. He, he, was, he was in very nature God. He was, he, he was divine. He had, he had, you know, all the omnis, you know, omniscience, omnipresence, omnipotence, you know, all those things, he, all power, all knowledge, all, he had the right to be, uh, think highly of himself. And yet, 
in humility, he, he lowered himself to take on human flesh. Mm. We don't have that right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, going, going back to, you know, when it comes to just doing our, our work or evangelizing and all the things that we're supposed to do, the, the God-given things, mm-hmm. where do you think our, our motivation or, or our fuel or our drive should come from? Because I think so, sometimes for me, it's, it's pride or it's, mm-hmm. it's money or success or, you know, to feel good about myself. Like where, where does that motivation to really perform or to, you know, cause you know, when you perform and you succeed, the pride can come from yeah, the well, success. And there's no, there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with being proud of doing something well, mm-hmm. or, or as we, as we sometimes say, taking pride in what you do. And, and I think that's okay. It's okay to go, man, I, I worked really hard on, on this or that. And, 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 and I accomplished something significant and I'm pretty proud of that. But the question is, why are you doing it? Is it to build up yourself or to build up Christ? And that's where, that's where the difference between, between arrogance and pride comes in and, and, and humility. So you can be proud of, um, the fact that you were obedient to Jesus because it builds up the kingdom of God and you were becoming more sanctified. I think that's fine to be proud of that, but it becomes prideful and arrogant in a sin, a sin kind of way when it's to build yourself up. Right. So, so, so for instance, you think about somebody who builds a really, really, really big church for, for example, well, you know, some pastor who, and there's plenty of these stories, some pastor who builds up this gigantic church. He can take pride in that. And that pride can become his downfall when it's to build up his own kingdom instead of the kingdom of God. Right. And so I think that's where the, ch- where the challenge is. Um, is it, is it, am I, am I trying to build the kingdom of God or am I trying to build myself up? And, and really there's almost no way to know the difference between those two, um, except for in your own heart. Hmm. And, and I think it's really, it's really challenging. We accuse people of being prideful. I've been accused of being prideful, right? Like lots of people, lots of people over the years have, have said, John, you know, it's all about you or whatever. And it, and it's, it's not to the best of my ability, but quite frankly, I fall to it too. Right. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, okay, sometimes it is, um, and that's wrong and that's sinful and I need to repent from that. But, um, you know, but, but hopefully in general, I'm seeking to build up the kingdom of God with what the talents God's given me, um, whatever those might be. And, um, and sometimes I fail in the sense that I don't do it. And, and sometimes I fail in the sense that I want to take credit for it instead of give, give credit to, to God, you know, who, um, quite frankly, get whatever talent I have came from him anyways. It yeah. wasn't, I, I had nothing to do with, you know, what talent I was going to receive. Right. That's only, that's only a God thing. So, um, and so I think recognizing that it's, it's hard, I, you know, as far as motivation, it ought to be always to honor God, to glorify God, to worship him, to build up his kingdom. That should be our motivation. Sometimes it's not. It sounds like we have to have a heart check constantly. Yeah, we always yeah. have to have a heart check, and that doesn't mean the things that we do, even for, even out of selfish motives, aren't don't build up the kingdom of God. Sometimes they do, and that that's where it gets really hard. That's why you can't always tell the difference. I can't always tell the difference for you, Johnny, whether what your motivation is, mm-hmm. and you might even have bad motivations, and it still might it still might build up the kingdom of yeah. God, right? And so so it's. Yeah, I think hum- humility is one of those things, man. It's hard to judge other people on that. And sometimes we think it's easy. Oh, look at them. And they talk about themselves or whatever. You know, I think about cr- Christian authors, good ones that, that want to promote the kingdom of God and want to build up the kingdom of God. And they go out to promote their book or whatever it is or, 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 or that kind of thing. And people will look at that. Oh, it's so prideful and selfish and arrogant and stuff. like Well, not necessarily. I mean, if they are contributing to the kingdom of God, what the book they've written will actually help people, um, help other people build up the kingdom of God, then they should promote their book for the sake of the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. which can sound a lot like promoting themselves. 
And sometimes it's impossible to yeah. tell the difference. But it looks like you know, it looks like the words on in the book are because God transformed their lives, and they want to share that. Yeah, or, or in some way, or it depends on what the book's about. But yeah, but that but the idea is is, is yeah they want to they want to they want other people to understand the goodness of God and to be effective in serving Him. And and if and if and that sometimes that means sharing their own story. Sometimes it means talking about themselves in some way, or sharing some kind of skill or talent that they've uh, developed. You know, it can look like a lot of things. Well, ultimately, it sounds like God. God knows. God knows. God knows the heart. He'll He'll judge. You yeah. know the good things that we do, uh, whether they're done out of a out of pure motives or not impure motives. Well, and, and Paul even talks about that, right? It, yeah. Paul talks about that. It, 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 as long as the gospel is preached, some will do it out of selfish ambition. Mm-hmm. Some will do it for the sake of you know have pure motives. Hey, praise God, the gospel's preached. Yeah. Selfish motives or not, if the gospel's preached, praise God. But then also in the end, you know, I think it's in Corinthians talks about. The fact that it, whatever you've done on earth will be tested and, and burned, and burned, right? and whatever yeah. is standing at the end. Yeah, so if it, is it sticks rewarded. and hay, which will burn up, or is it yeah. precious metal, you know, gold and silver? So really, just I guess the bottom line is really just yeah. try to be as humble as you can. Um, well, and not only that, and don't do that fake humility thing. That's not attractive. No, either. yeah, no, and no one's you, no, yeah, you're not. And most people it. don't fall for it. Unless you're really good at it, and but. and yeah, and, and God doesn't fall for it. So. God certainly doesn't fall end. for it. But we should re, we should reserve judgment a little bit. I think yeah, yeah. on that. Mm-hmm. I've you know I, 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 like I said, I've had people accuse me of being being prideful, and sometimes I have been prideful. I'm not going to sit sit here and try to pretend that that's not sometimes the case. But but you try to do the best you can and and, and monitor your motives and uh, um, and hopefully you know my prayer is always that whatever I do, even when it's out of the wrong motivation that it builds up the kingdom of God. Well, as we, as we kind of move on, you talked about, um, grasping and, and God and Jesus gave up the divine privilege, all that yeah, kind of grasping, stuff. Grasping, right. Yeah. Um, if, first of all, I want to say that you don't look at these questions. It's not like a, it's not like a, uh, it's not like a talk show where you get to look at them. You're, you're answering these things yeah. live. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Hillary Clinton. Nobody gave me. The, yeah, sorry, was that any, was that or bad? Any, or any politician? Or any politician yeah, where yeah. I got the questions Let's ahead be of time. Honest, yeah, he any, has sent me the questions, but quite from, uh, not this time. Not though. this time. I, but but he does send me questions, but I almost never read them. Yeah, so. he just kind of goes on. Which I don't want to puff you up, John. So you know, like, <laughs> but you do a good job uh, with answering things on the fly. And then now you're going to give me a question I can't answer. Probably. Yeah. But. No, actually, I, my reason why I say that is because my mind is weird. And it doesn't always make sense, so hopefully it does. <laughs> but my question I had for you here was, um, so if Jesus emptied himself of divine privilege, yeah. you know, how did he perform miracles? Right. No, that's a great question. And and here's what here's what politicians, politicians do well, and I actually try to learn from politicians. <laughs> I, I answer the question I want to answer, regardless of the question that's asked. There you go. Well, that sounds good. Um, but I'll try the I'll try to answer the one you asked. Sure. <laughs> yes. So how do how do you perform miracles? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, you know, we have the Trinity, and I think this is important to understand, right? And so we we look at, uh, we you know, when when it comes to the Trinity, did Jesus perform miracles? Yeah, we talk about it in that sense, um, and, and even the Gospels kind of they don't they don't always make these distinctions that I'm about to make, um, but I but I think that you go all the way back to even creation, right? And you can look at creation. You have uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1-1, right? And so you have that. And then as you read the text, you kind of get the sense that between that text and the spirit hovered over the earth there is, is in the following verses there. I forget which, which verse it's in. Um, and, you know, it's like, but it's right, right after that. And, um, and so you kind of have this idea that the spirit is involved, the spirit of God. And then you have in Colossians, um, where it talks about that Jesus creating all things, that all things are created by him 
or all things that have been, how's this, how's it go? All things that have been created were created by him and for him or something like that. And they're held together through him. I'm, that's a paraphrase. Okay. I don't have that word for word memorized. The J, JB version. The John Byrne version. Yeah, you don't want John that. Byrne paraphrase. You don't want to read that. Not one. translation. Yeah, you don't want to read that. Uh, anyways, uh, so, so we get the sense that all three were involved in creation itself with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I think that's true when we ever we see a miracle. And so, yes, Jesus has the, the authority and the power, um, and he gave up the exercise of some of those things at some points at least. And, and so I think we can kind of go, okay, um, so how does that work? And, and, and I, I would say that, that the Holy Spirit has a, an active role in that, that he's created. And it doesn't mean that he couldn't access miraculous powers either, that, that he couldn't access some of those, but, but he gave up that divine privilege, that divine right, uh, that he had and and still has uh, uh, to sit at the right hand of the Father. Well, he, which he does sit at now, but but to um, to to exercise all those things, right? And so he gave that up for a time for a period of time. But we do see periods where times in, in the Gospels where it kind of looks like kind of looks like Jesus accessed some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also it all. But he also says some crazy things that we go that we have trouble with, like like in Acts when the disciples are like, "Hey Jesus, is it now? Is it is now going to be the time you're going to set up your kingdom?" And what does he say, Johnny? What does he say? What does he say? I'm, I'm, I was going to ask you, John. What what is uh? What does he say? Yeah, what does he say? <laughs> what does he say? He said he said only the Father knows. Yeah. No, only the Father knows. Mm-hmm. So there does seem to be a distinction in person when we talk about the Trinity. We talk about them: um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Same in essence distinct in person mm-hmm. okay so one god same in essence distinct in person three persons right and so and so that that is, there does seem to be some distinction not only in roles but also in um in, in how those things play out and so i would so i would say on you know in a loose answer i, I don't think you can get too detailed and how it all works because i think you're going to end up off some the rails interplay yeah but there's some interplay there's some overlap and i think it's hard to tell but i would say that you know um the spirit you know is is part of the, that miraculous work as well so when there's sometimes where it seemed like spirit. he was working with you know yeah it, it it appears that there are things that he would pray before the miracle or yeah. And things that he would say, it's, ah, I mean, I mean like the example I gave where it seems like he doesn't know something almost. Mm-hmm. And so like, it, but could he know it? He could know it. I don't know how that works, yeah. man. It's a, it's a, it's I don't a know tough, how it works. It's, it's a, a tough thing. It's a little bit of a mystery. You're um, also just, you're, and that's where you should be humble and know I'm yeah, not man. all knowing. And so yeah. you, you can know what you can know. And maybe yeah. some people have really studied it, but. And that's why I really try to make a, a, a distinction between his divinity Right, he has all that is necessary to be fully, fully God and fully human. That is really, really important for us to understand. He pre-existed his human existence, his fleshly human existence. Does that make sense? The divine, eternal Son of God was divine and eternal. He he pre-existed all those things. He was there was never a beginning mm-hmm. for the divine, eternal Son of God, but there was a beginning for 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 when he took on human flesh. Okay, and and so we need to make distinctions about about his exist, existence, and sometimes that gets really really hard and you're just trying to make me say something heretical and get no. me in trouble. Well no, it's a it's a it's a, it's a, like you said, it's a slippery slope. You even said that on Sunday. Yeah. It's a fine line between yeah. 
between saying something truthful and then going to heresy. So you got to yeah. be careful. With Especially it. in that passage. Yeah. And that's why I talk about divinity versus divine privilege. Yeah. I, I'm making a very, very much a distinction between those two things. And just so you know, John, when you ask me questions, you got to email me those. You can't just <laughs> start asking me on the spot. Come on, yeah, man. I need, I need to... You knew that one. Even if you didn't think about it at the moment, as soon as I said it, oh, yeah, you went, yeah. oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Well, I didn't know where yeah. you're, I didn't know where you're, see, I'm not like the politician. I, I answer the question. Yeah. I don't like, I want to answer the way you want me to answer it. So, um, but yeah, so when it talk, talks about like divine privilege, but let's say like we as human beings also uh-huh. have some sort of privilege, uh-huh. you know, especially compared to the animals and, sure. and whatnot. And this, I don't know if you'll be able to follow my train of thought here, but, um, and Christians, we also have some, some, uh, privileges okay. in some ways, I'm assuming that maybe others, we have access to the father, you know, we have a relationship with him. Um, it, are there things that we shouldn't grasp onto as humans or mm. as Christians? It's kind of a weird question. Yeah, it's. A, I think I, I think I'm tracking to some degree, and I don't, again, I'm going to answer the Which question. Which is scary I for you answer, that you're that you're tracking the, uh, any of my degrees. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna answer the question. Feel free to go wherever you want answer. with it, John. I will. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think there is. You know, we can. Um, you know, I think I think when Paul said, you know, uh, all things are permissible, not but not all things are beneficial. Um, you know, and he's talking about uh, the role of the law and that kind of stuff, and and. I think I think yeah, there are things that we ought not hang on to. Um, I think that I think that's right. I think I think that's um, as a Christian, for instance, um, even you know when Paul talks about about abstaining from food that's offered to idols, why is that? Why should we do that? Well, for the weaker brother, not because there's anything sinful about eating that food, because idols are nothing. They're nothing. Mm-hmm. They're not. There's no divinity there. There's no God, and we recognize that. And we go, well, whatever. People offered that to some wooden statue or met precious metal or whatever, and and a statue of something. But we know that's not a real thing. We know that that's, um, you know, no big deal. But to the weaker brother or sister who who sees us eat that food, that could become a stumbling block. Mm-hmm. So Paul says, yeah, we have the right to eat that food, but we maybe ought to give that up. I think I think this is a great example when it comes to alcohol, right? Grasp um, on our freedoms. It sounds yeah. Like. yeah. Can the Christian drink alcohol? Sure. There's nothing in the Bible that says a Christian cannot drink alcohol. Hopefully I don't get emails now. But anyways. Yeah, uh, come after. Uh, yeah, jmccloskey at yeah, yeah. gfol.org. Um Wait, that's but, my email, John. Yeah. <laughs> but but can the can the Christian drink alcohol? Yes, they can. Can they get, can they get drunk? No. It says the Bible specifically tells us do not get drunk with wine, right? And so and, and wine should just be Doesn't alcohol. Doesn't say anything about whiskey. It, well, yeah, well that's alcohol. But uh, you know, wine was the common drink, right? And so and and the whole idea is giving up control of yourself to something other than the Holy Spirit. That's in that passage, and um, um, that's what it's talking about. Is that Galatians five? I think it's Galatians five. Anyways, you know, that's what it's talking about. And so, so yeah, so, so that, that applies. So we should not get drunk with wine. Can we drink wine? Sure, we can drink wine. As a matter of fact, Paul even tells Timothy to drink wine, um, you know, for, for health reasons. And so, so we can do those things. But is there a time when we ought to, when, even though we have that right, we have to give up that right because of some greater good for a, a brother or a sister in Christ or something like that. Like emptying yourself for the yes. benefit of another person. A hundred percent. Like almost like what Christ did. A hundred percent. We ought to be, we ought to give up our rights in and, and that, that can be true in a lot of different ways. Uh, it can, it can play out in a whole bunch of different ways. It might even play out legally. We might have the right to certain things legally as Christians and, and, and maybe we can claim onto those things or, and hold on to those things. Um, and, and yet, just because we have the right to do something doesn't mean we ought, it's 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 the it's the right thing to do. Well, if that makes sense. Can I bring up something that I wasn't planning on talking about? Yeah. But 
I mean, even, uh, I think even as our church, you know, you know, the right to gather, you still have the right to gather during COVID and whatnot. Yeah. And we, we have, um, gone along with the government. And asked, we you know, gave that up for, for yeah. a period of time, long, much longer than I was comfortable with, to be honest. But sure. But yeah, but we were willing to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I think that, that that's important. You know, that becomes a whole different issue, and, and we battle with. As a matter of fact, the elders put together a document about, about gathering because we do think it's commanded in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that becomes a little bit different when it's this is commanded in Scripture. You know, when Hebrews 10 says, do not forsake meeting together, some are in the habit of doing. I think it's verse 24 or something like that. Um, you know, then then now we have a command that we in scripture that we need to obey. And so even though we did, we, we were willing to do that for a short period of time for health reasons, we kind of went, no, 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 we can't continue this. This isn't, you know, we need to be meeting together. And, sure. and so that's why we can, that's why now we meet together and we understand that other people for health reasons or whatever may choose to not join us physically, but join us online. And we, we, we love and respect yeah. those people and, and that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah. So John, you a lot of the, your sermon you, you did talk about kind of like at the the showing of of love and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Well, how would you define what, what do you think the world defines love? As? <laughs> oh my gosh, I mean that's such a such a difficult thing because it's love is one of those words like um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of another example that's good. You know that let's just put it this way: it, it takes on a a broad range of definitions especially when we use it in english so obviously when i say i love you to my wife i mean something different from when i say i love you to my kid and when i say it to my kid i mean something different from when i say it to my friend when i say it to a a very close friend i mean something different than when Mm. i say it to uh, a more general audience or something like that like so it can take on a broad range of meaning right it can be cheapened it can be yeah it can be it can yeah it can be cheapened it can be it, it, Hyper- it can hyperbolic. be shallow. Yeah. It can be deep. It can be um, hyperbolic. Is that the word I'm looking for? Hyper, hyper, yeah, hyperbole. Hyperbole. Hyper. I don't know if the. I think uh, it's hyperbolic. No. It can be hyperbole. I think those might be different. The, okay. I'm not sure. Let's go actually. with hyperbole. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with hyperbole. I know that's the one you were thinking of. That's for it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Something uh, to do with hyperbole. Hyperbolic is. Yeah, it might be maybe hyperbole. Is that, is that like being cold though? Hyperbolic chamber. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Anyways, uh, yeah. So it can be so broad range. But I will say this: that in culture, um, I think there's some things, some things that are generally true when people use the word love. When they're talking about more, you know, uh, sexual or erotic kind of love, they it's it's more emotional. It's far more emotional than probably should be true. Which just seems like the mo- most of what it is. Usually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it can also so so when it's on that end of things, it's it's almost all emotion. And I think that's dangerous. You know, that's really dangerous. Um, if, if the person who loves you as a spouse or a boyfriend or a girlfriend ends at the end of their emotions, then that is not a stable love that will it's endure. Gonna, it won't last. Right. It yeah. won't last. And so, and so love has to necessarily, when it comes to how God designed us, take on more mm-hmm. than that meaning. Um, so I think that's really important. The other thing that I think it can mean too is, is acceptance, right? And so our culture talks about loving other people as compl- accepting not only um, that person, but everything that they believe is true about their identity. And I think that's, you know, when we, when we start talking about homosexuality or, or transgenderism or some of these other things, um, you know, um, queer or, you know, all the LGBTQ 
and there's a bunch of other initials too. Mm-hmm. I don't know them all, but you know, those kinds of things seems to be true too. So then, so then it's not only, so, so not only will you accept me as a person is in the sense of loving me in a biblical way that is, um, that it wants to encourage me to move towards truth and reality and, 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 and God's intention and design and all those kinds of things. But in the world it's, it's, you have to accept me and accept everything I believe about me, whether it's true or not. And, and, and whether it moves you towards truth or not. Why is, so, it, why is it loving to say something? Why is it loving to to, to correct or to yeah. shed light or oh, whatever? Man. Well, I'll tell you this. I, I think we see this play out when it comes to statistics related to depression and suicide and those kinds of things, and here's why. Um, suicide is really high among people who struggle with issues related to homosexuality, transgenderism, things like that, all those, all those kinds of things. And, and I believe... And this is true not just in American culture, but in cultures that are very open and, and, and quote unquote accepting. Like you go so into it's not Europe, the fact that it's that it's has that it's nothing to do with suppression what, or whatever. Yep, nothing to do okay. with it. When you look at the stats, when you look at countries in Europe and things like that, that are very open, very accepting, and 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 those kinds of things, much more so than what you find here in the United States, even though it's very much that way here too now. Um, the the numbers are still high. Why? Well, I think it's because we are not acting in accordance with our design and that that is harmful to us. And so, and so, and, and so, well, some people would say, well, if you love somebody, you won't challenge their identity. But I, I want to say if, if you love somebody, you'll help them understand their, their true identity and their biblical identity. And that's, and that's first and foremost created in the image of God. Secondly, if they're a believer, they're united with Christ. They are sons and daughters with new life and helping people embrace that as their identity I think is far more important and and much better for them than embracing what I believe is a lie and a temptation and destructive and 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 is uh, um, part of the fall and part of the sin nature that's in us and and and, and it's harmful for us. Mm. What what about the person that that says you know I'm happy I'm happy the way the way I am I'm happy like this and right. just leave me alone. Yeah, well, look, I'm not gonna run I'm not running around looking to pick fights. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like if, if it's, uh, you know, and, and I may have, uh, I may have, uh, different relationships with different people based on that. Right. And so then it becomes, how should I put it? You know, my, my, the, the level of my relationship will determine what I will and won't say and the, the quant kind of relationship I have with them. And so if I, if, if that person is saying, Hey, I, I want to follow Jesus. I love Jesus, but I'm going to go live this lifestyle. Now I have a responsibility as a brother in Christ uh, to confront that with truth. Um, and, and, and happiness is, is not, God didn't, God didn't, God did not, you know, John three sixteen doesn't say, you know, God so loved the world that he sent his only son that, um, that everyone might be happy. That's not what it says. Mm-hmm. We should have joy. Scripture commands us to have joy. It doesn't always command say that we're going to be happy and that's different. And so sometimes, Sometimes that sacrifice and that and that intentional suppression of something that is wrong with our fallen um, selves is good. We need to suppress those things and fight those things and battle against those things. We can't embrace everything that we feel. I'm using that word very intentionally. Feel mm-hmm. is 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 the way things ought to be because sometimes we're wrong. And so God wants us to to recognize how we're designed to embrace that. And when we do, even if that means fighting temptations and emotions and other things, um, then, then we can live according to his will. Then we can 
we can uh, accomplish the things that he wants us to accomplish. Yeah, you know, um, you know, kind of like I, I sometimes struggle with depression a little bit. Yeah, you know, anxiety or depression, and the reason, and and I remember taking a class, biblical counseling class, and it was really cool because uh, the teacher was talking was talking about how it's so depression is actually a good thing. In can a lot be, of yeah. ways, in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, obviously there's bad form. There's it can go too far. Yeah, but depression is good because what it, what it does is it tells you, hey, you're you're not living as you were designed to live. Right. You know, or you're you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing, and it's almost a good like warning of, hey, you know, you're you're going you're going off course, or you're you know you're just not living up up to how you were designed essentially. That's right. And so it's, a, depression can be good because it can really if it really if it leads to repentance. That's and right. change, then it's a great thing. And right. usually the depression leaves. Right. You know, once you repent and change. Right. You know, so I think it's I think that's the loving thing is like here's something wrong, let's fix it. And I, I think it's kind of going back to another thing too. I, I see a lot of times, you know, it's it's so loving to say the truth, even though it's hard. Absolutely. But I, I often see I often see people saying the truth without the love. And they need to be. Yeah. You need the actions need, need to be both. there. Why well, the love needs to be there as well. And 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 love embraces truth. Yeah. You know, real love, biblical love, godly love embraces truth. And some sometimes that truth is you screwed up. Sometimes that truth is you need to repent. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that truth is what you think about your think is true about yourself isn't true about yourself, or it's not the most important thing about yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you know, I think about a person who's who has same sex attraction or something like that. That might be true about them. But it's not the most important thing about them, and quite frankly, it's it's not even a good thing necessarily about them. There are bad things about people who don't have that related to sexuality as well, right? Like if you have a less lustful heart and you're lusting after every woman that walks by you as a man, that's wrong and that's sinful. You need to repent from that, right? You need you need to fight that. You need to battle that. Um, if that attraction good, is towards somebody of the same same sex as you, you need to fight that. You need yeah. to battle that. That's not the, that's not a good thing about yourself. It's a fallen thing about yeah. yourself. That's a good analogy because I think it, it is good to to focus on the heterosexual too. That yeah. you can't just look at 100%. whatever you want to look at. Hundred percent. And you need to be fighting that. You kind of fight stuff. it. It's not just who I am. Right. It's not like God created me to have a, an appetite to look at everyone. That's you right. know, it's like no. I mean, you know, we might have that sinful tendency but we need to fight it yeah and it's truth and, and loving to say hey you know if you're yeah. not gonna do it if you're not gonna uh, you know become aware of that i don't want you to, to sit in that yeah. so i know we need to move on we were yeah. expecting to talk about yeah. that but um yeah it's it's just important to show you know yeah. it's not you can't just uh you know you might have to have those hard conversations yeah. you might have to sacrifice like you said you might have to serve you might have to and love yeah. isn't just about it's not just a word right you know we gotta well and i think it. christmas is fun you know because be, it, it's the light coming into the world, right? And the light shines shines light on the darkness. You know, the darkness can, does not overcome it. And and you read in John chapter one, and the light comes and shines on the world, and the world doesn't like it, right? The world rejects the light. That's what it talks about in John chapter one. And so I think that's important for us to understand. We celebrate Christmas, and it's good, and it's cute, and it's fun, and we get presents, and we take pictures, and all those kinds of things. That's all fine. It's all good. But we need to understand what's really about and the depth of the theological importance of what it's about, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of this year's uh, Christmas isn't canceled. We're we're diving into some stuff, um, trying to take it, and I'm kind of bent that way, anyways. I like to do that, you know, um, anyways, and so so it fits with my personality, I suppose. But but there's more to it than a cute story and a manger scene and and that kind of thing. And the depth of the theology that undergirds it is so important. Mm. You know, it sounds like it takes a lot of humility for Christ to empty himself to mm-hmm. shine the light, 
you know, it also yeah. takes a lot of humility for us to receive the truth. Right. Um, even though we may not like it. Right. Um, last question, John. Okay. Um, so we're the, you know, your, I think your main point at the end was just that we are almost like now the flesh that he comes in, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't want to ruin your big point <laughs> at the end. But, um, you know, I, when, when you said that, I kind of thought of myself as being Christ's ambassador, you know. That's, that's um, exactly what I was saying. Yeah. Yep. So we're the vessel. Yeah. We're his vessels. Yeah. So what is the significance in our being um, vessels, essentially? Yeah. Listen, if you, if you came to Jesus and your faith is in Jesus Christ and you just want to keep that to yourself— I would question the depth of that faith. Um, we ought to want everyone to know about Jesus and his love and the gospel and the Christmas story that leads to the Easter story, right? Like these things are, are intrinsically connected. You, Easter is meaningless without Christmas. Christmas is meaningless without Easter, right? Like you need them both. Yeah, you said those were like big miracles. That, yeah, those, those are cool yeah, miracles. top three miracles, creation, Christmas, Easter, right? Like those are the big three, I think. I think you put those at the top of the list um, as far as the, the most important and significant miracles of all time. And so I think, I think those are them. So yeah, so, you, so it is important. God, God man, uh, how selfish is it to know the truth about Jesus and then to keep it to yourself? Because Talk we're afraid. Because we're afraid that, you know, the truth. The truth and yeah, people, people like get it. mad about They, they don't, don't like, like the truth. Yeah. yeah. Get over it. <laughs> Get over well, it's it. A, it's just like you want to, if you really want to save them. Yeah. If you really want to if save you them. Really love, if you really love, the, if you really love everybody, yeah. you'll tell them about Jesus. Yeah. Can I just think about that for a second? <laughs> if you really love everybody, you'll tell them about Jesus. Yeah. Even if they get mad at you. It's like, it's like my kid, right? I, I had to get on, I had to get on Joe for, for something the other day. I had to get, come down pretty hard on him because it's something he's been struggling with and, and it's not getting better and we had to fix it, right? I had to come down real hard on him. I love my kid. I love my kid. But if I don't help him to overcome some of the things that he needs to overcome because every person has these things, then what kind of a love is that? If I just let him continue to, to fail in, in whatever area it is, and that's not loving. Mm-hmm. How is that loving? I want him to experience the uh, flourish, flourishing as, 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 a, as a man who loves Jesus, you know, as he grows into a man. And, and I want to prepare him. That's my job as a parent. I love him. And so that's, sometimes that means being hard on him at the right times and the right, hopefully I pick the right times and stuff, but sure. Uh, cool. Well, um, yeah. Any other significance in being vessels or is that, I mean, that's, no, I mean, I mean, I just think if, if you love, if you love people and you love the world, then you'll just say, try to, you'll, you'll do it, man. Yeah. You're, you're the ambassador. You'll tell people about Jesus. Yeah. I don't, doesn't matter how shy you are, how humble, you know, how concerned you are about what they, what they think of you. It doesn't matter doesn't matter you have responsibility and if, if you really love them your love will overcome yeah. that fear and you'll go do it yeah it's hard it's hard you know it's like you know like if you uh you walk up you see somebody using something that's it wasn't designed to be used that way yeah you know and then you walk up to them you kind of feel it just it's hard to say hey hard. just so you know hey, why don't you try this that's not how it's meant to be you know and i don't i don't know every you know i know because of what christ showed me right and I want to tell you, yeah. and it's just like, but then once they, hopefully they go, yeah, that's all. This is great. This is how I'm supposed to live. Yeah. It's great. Um, so John, any, uh, um, resources you came across? Yeah. I mean, there's tons of resources for Christmas. I don't, I don't, you yeah. know, Lee Strobel has a, a nice devotional book that I think is, is really good. For What's that. it called again? It's called, the- um, the case for Christmas. I don't know. It's not really devotional, I guess, but I think that's a really good one. The case for Christmas. If you're, if you're wondering about the legitimacy of it and things like that, and there's tons of books out there. Um, you know, not a lot of stuff I'm really diving into with, um, you know, not a lot of external books I'm really diving into with my sermon series. You know, I'm, I'm really, um, kind of taking a different approach that I don't think has been taken by a lot of people. So I'm not 
I don't have a ton of extra resources, but Lee Strobel's is great for the case of case for Christmas. There's been some wonderful devotionals done by all kinds of people uh, that go through Advent, and so all those would be really cool. Good. Uh, so, what's the big? I kind of spoiled it, but what's the big takeaway this week? Yeah, the big idea is the divine, eternal Son of God came in the flesh. Now we are the flesh that He comes in. Thank you for joining us on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, where we believe in real grace for real living. We'll see you next week.